We all want to feel like we belong, but sometimes it's challenging to find connection in our living spaces, neighborhoods, communities, and relationships. On Home Where You Belong, we're here to change that. Hear stories of people from different backgrounds and from different places and how they've been able to feel more at home to help give you a renewed sense of connection, belonging, and optimism. Welcome to Home Where You Belong with your host, Chip Alford. A 2020 study released by Yale University found women are paying 2% more than men when purchasing a home. Rosemary Medell is on a mission to change that. With over 30 years of experience as an urban planner and realtor, Rosemary knows the critical importance of doing your homework before making an offer and closing on a deal. Using a due diligence framework she created herself, she teaches women how to navigate City Hall, determine property value, collaborate with realtors, negotiate and renegotiate deals, and finally, know when it's just time to walk away from the table. For Rosemary, it's all about empowering women to buy their dream home with confidence. Well, Rosemary, welcome to Home Where You Belong. We're really glad to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Chip. I'm happy to be here and share some uh, tips, hopefully, that someone could use immediately. Absolutely. I I actually told Rosemary before we got started recording that I wish we'd had this conversation a few months ago because I'm in the home selling and home buying process myself. So I'm hoping to pick up a few tips here uh, myself today. I mean, let's face it, buying a home can be overwhelming. You know, for most of us, it's the largest purchase uh, that we're going to make in our life. So it's, it's understandable that it's stressful. But a lot of the work that you do is focused on helping women in this area. Do you feel the home buying process is more stressful women? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, it, it actually is, especially if you're a single mom, uh, you have time constraints. Uh, because of first you select the school district that you need your child to be in or your preferred school district. And then you have the constraint of timing when they need to get in school, uh, when school is out, all these things uh, kind of force your hand and narrow the window that you have to purchase a home or if you're going to sell your home and relocate. So those things are challenges that typically the male buyer doesn't have to deal with. Um, They're also looking for areas that are safe for their family, where male buyers, you know, certainly much more confident and, and can take more uh, risk in where they choose to purchase that first home. Uh, They're not worried about the same things that that women are single women are especially. Or maybe just different focuses a little bit for men and women, which is understandable, right? Yeah. But in the in the intro just a second ago, I mentioned a Yale University study that actually you uh, referenced, I believe, on your website that found women are paying 2% more than men uh, on average when buying a home. What do you think is causing that kind of gender gap in in real estate transactions? The study alluded to their, the timing, certainly, of when uh, women are making that the purchase. Also, they uh, are looking for areas that are safe for them. So 
according to National Association of Realtors, 49% of single women put the safety of a neighborhood and the quality of a neighborhood as the number one factor in selecting a property. Again, you know, if that is not an issue, if you're a male buyer, then you probably wouldn't take that into consideration. But women certainly can uh, are trying to reduce their risk. So that is one of the items. Uh, men typically are just used to doing fixing up of a home. They they know how to use, you know, power tools and they know <laughs> how to plumbing and electrical, all the little small things before you bring in the professional. Now, certainly more and more women are learning these yeah. skills as well, but my skills don't go beyond laying tile and painting. Uh, so oh, yeah. you may you may be ahead of me in that regard. I, I can uh, hammer it and nail and I know how to use a screwdriver, but uh, that may be the extent of my knowledge. But but I hear what you're saying. Well, those things are certainly women prefer to look at properties that are already fixed up. They're not uh, typically wanting to get that fixer upper. And again, it really depends on your comfort level with repairing uh, sure. a home or a property. That's why new construction is, is so, you know, such a factor for people to want to say, well, I'd rather move into something I don't have to fix up uh, and not have that headache and expense uh, of fixing sure. up a property. Well, probably related to what we're talking about in, in your work, you talk a lot about the importance of due diligence in the real estate uh, process, basically doing your homework before you yeah. make an offer, right? Because it's such a it's such a big purchase. Well, what do you mean by that? And what are some of the kind of key steps that are typically included or should be included in the process before you make an offer on a home? Yeah, so your due diligence is really learning about a particular neighborhood, learning about a city. Why would you want to live there? And that's just merely selecting where do you want to live? Why do you want to live there? Again, you know, those factors are schools, proximity to schools, proximity to services, to family, the job, all those things kind of narrow down the radius of where you would want to live. Then certainly the big factor is where can you afford to live? And when you start to break that down, then you start to say, okay, these are the areas I want to live in. This is the square footage of the home that I need. You go down your particular checklist and you narrow down the focus on what is acceptable to you. Then once the deal is accepted, once that price is accepted, now the true due diligence starts. So before it was just the big picture items. Sure. Where do I want to live? Why do I want to live there? Now, when you narrow it down to a particular structure, well, you know pretty much the neighborhood that you're considering purchasing in. Now you start looking at all the disclosures that are being given to you by the listing agent and that is required by law. Are there any easements? Are there any riparian rights, any water uh, that is by the property or near the property, underneath the property. All of these things. Uh, are you on a septic system? Are there any major obstacles by you? 
freeways, railroad tracks, industrial uses, all these things you have to accept from the information that's being given to you. Or you start going to City Hall and you just start asking questions. Is this use going to be there all the time? Do you have plans for it to go away? Are you putting something new that could impact the quality of life of this home that I'm considering purchasing? What kind of uh, departments or places in City Hall would you go to to find the kind of information? I'm sure it depends on what you're looking for, but just give us an example or two. Uh, one of the simplest ways to understand it is uh, everything in the public right of way, so streets, sidewalks, those are all regula regulated by, monitored by either public works department engineering department, all of those traffic, all of those handle everything in the public right away. Everything on private property, so all the neighborhoods that you see, commercial, industrial, they're all owned by an individual, so that's private property. Those are going to be handled by the building department, building and safety, community development, so they all have different names, but that's how you you need to navigate uh, City Hall to figure out who can provide the answers that you need. So for instance, if you are looking at a the home that you've placed an offer on, you have a certain window to conduct your due diligence, a certain uh, window to find out the answers. And finding out these answers is really trying to reduce your level of risk. As you mentioned, it's just the largest purchase that you're going to make. Sure. Very stressful. You are working with your realtor who hopefully is representing you well because they have done their walkthrough on this property and given their own opinion, even though they do not have the expertise to discuss zoning and building permits and what this means and easements. They can advise you as well on this is, if I were you, I'd check this through and follow up with that. Now, certainly you would have to, or you should get a building inspection. That is this cursory review of the structure to see are there any major red flags. Now, you they can't open up walls, so they can't <laughs> verify that if you've been told, well, the electrical has been upgraded, uh, we did that a few years ago. Uh, yeah, the plumbing's been done. Okay, wonderful. Now I need to go to City Hall and make sure that you pulled the appropriate permits for those uh -huh. things that you are assessing a value to, right? You're saying this price, this home is listed at this price because of these upgrades that were done. Wonderful. Now I'm going to verify of what you're telling me. That they trust, trust but verify, right? <laughs> Always trust, yep. but verify. <laughs> yeah. Because you are also justifying that price sure. of the of the home. Right. And that's where you start to reduce your level of risk on is this worth the price that is being listed. As we're sitting here doing this interview. Uh, my current home that's on the market is currently undergoing an inspection right now. So I'm hoping they don't find 
a lot of things. I may want to be open and honest. And if they found something serious, you know, I would want to know that too. It's an important part of the process for buyers to make sure that they know what they're getting into, right? It's a critical part of the process because if, you know, if you love the neighborhood and the city and you want to live there, then you could start either negotiating, renegotiating that price or ask the seller to fix whatever items are have been found by this inspector. And if you still choose to pay this full price, at least you go in it with your eyes wide open, knowing mm, I'm going to have to save to replace the heating and air conditioning because it's the original one and this structure was built in 1980. And it's going to be due pretty soon for me to replace it. And hopefully you can save and replace it at your convenience and not when it breaks down and you're forced to. You, you need to know what you're getting into, right? You need to know what you're facing and what improvements that were allegedly and hopefully made are are working and the value that they bring. I want to get into a little bit more details, but before we do that, I want to back up just a minute. Tell us a little bit about how you, this became kind of a passion for you. A big part of your focus is empowering women um, to approach real estate transactions with confidence. And um, I'm just curious, what what led you to that mission or, or focus? Sure. I, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur, but we're the ones that really struggled and moving from home to home. And then I was a hairstylist at one point after high school and listening to women and seeing them in their transitions through divorce, through death, uh, and the challenges that they were having, uh, financial challenges or uh, uprooting a family, not knowing what's going to happen with their home and losing their homes. Uh, so all these things, women need to be better prepared. So it wasn't until 1974 that a woman could apply for a mortgage on her own. Uh, prior to that, wow. they had to have a male co-signer. That's only 49 years ago. That I did not realize that. That isn't that yes, long ago. Yeah, Not long ago at all. Wow. Uh, so to empower women, because to me, a home is your sanctuary. Uh, that's where your home base, where everything that you want to create in your life starts. That's where you create this environment for your children. Uh, so that they can go out into the world and, and thrive, right? So to me, it was so important after even seeing women come into City Hall who in the middle of construction, their husband passed away or they were going through a divorce and now had to downsize and going to purchase a home for the first time on their own and not understanding what does all this mean in City Hall? I don't even know how to pull a permit, let alone understand this planning jargon. So yes, it's it's intimidating going into City Hall. I mentioned in uh, the introduction also, you've got had quite a bit of experience, um, both as an urban planner and realtor. I'm sure you benefited from the experience in both areas. I have. I didn't purchase my own first home as a single mom until I was 43. 
Prior to that, I had owned several homes as, as a married individual, but being now the client and looking at properties and meeting with listing agents and mm. them, you know, seeing an accessory structure uh, that was merely a shack that was painted with white paint and they were trying to sell it as a rentable unit when professionally I knew that I would have to verify the permits were taken out. Um, could it be removed by the city as a non-conforming structure? Uh, so mm. all these things I was able to use my professional experience when I was looking at property. I got my real estate license uh, to supplement that knowledge after I started purchasing investment properties. So to me, it was an area that was lacking for women that they need to learn this skill and develop that confidence of navigating City Hall so they can better negotiate, they can better hire a realtor who really represents their interest and not merely handling a transaction. So if I understand correctly, you you created kind of your own framework for conducting due diligence, you call it conducting due diligence like a pro, right? Yes. And is that basically the educational content that you use in, in helping women become more empowered in this area? Absolutely. So I once I retired from uh, a, a city in Southern California as an urban planner, I transitioned into being a planner for a private consulting firm. And that's where we represented our clients who needed to obtain entitlements to have fencing that was higher than needed or adding on to homes or adding on to structures that were going to be a little bit more challenging, hillside structures and more urbanized areas. And we start, I started to see that there is a missing component that not the uh, average person could afford to hire us and hire this expertise to represent them. But if a woman could learn the basics, uh, learn how to ask the appropriate questions, to enter City Hall with some confidence and some basic knowledge of who do I need to speak to? Why do I need to speak to this department? And they could maximize their time at City Hall because if you have to take time off of work during your home purchasing process, during that due diligence period, there's a dollar's value associated with your time right. as well. You want it to be productive time too, right? Absolutely. And once you learn this, then you can do it on all future properties that you're considering purchasing. And hopefully you're helping someone in your family also conduct this due diligence. Uh, for the professionals, for the realtor side, I would hope that you'd want to learn this as, as well so that you can accompany your clients to City Hall. They're responsible for conducting their due diligence. But wouldn't it be great if your realtor accompanied you just to provide that support and that guidance and go with you through that checklist and say, is there anything that I've missed to have that second set of eyes on documentation? Because as you said, all these documents can be overwhelming. They ab absolutely can. I'm getting close to being in, in that phase of the process. So 
I'm not looking forward to it, but I do understand the, the critical importance of it. You mentioned a minute ago, what I think is one of the fun parts of, of uh, the home buying process is, is actually just looking at homes, touring homes and seeing what's out there uh, and then creating an offer. Do you find that women have made any particular mistakes in that part of the process in general? Yeah, I, I love looking at homes as well, you know, new construction and existing and driving through neighborhoods. But yes, like anything else, when we're window shopping, we, we fall in love with aesthetics, right? We fall in love with curb appeal. We're looking at, ah, look at, I love the color of that house or look at that landscaping. And then you go inside and if the inside matches the outside, well, you're going to fall in love with decor and it's probably, you know, at the higher price points, it's been staged. Uh, it's all yeah. designed for you to uh, picture yourself living in that property, right? It's all, all wonderful. And then comes the reality of the home inspection. Yeah. Now you start looking at it with different eyes. Now you start looking at it from an investment uh, standpoint. Now it's not all about that. I mean, it's almost like we're looking at a relationship, right? <laughs> Everything's all wonderful in the beginning. It's great, great at the first glance, right? But then, <laughs> then you got to get to know the person, then you have to live with them. <laughs> Same way with the house, right? That's right. You got to get into that first fight and see. Yeah. How's <laughs> and that going to work out? Yeah. really are. But yes, that's the whole process of that due diligence part, right? You're you're Absolutely. asking the questions. You are, you know, being told, well, this addition was done at this time. Okay, I will uh, verify that because that if that square footage wasn't done with permits, uh, hmm. there are several things that could occur, right? This you'll get an after the fact permit where the building department will require that you open up walls to make sure any plumbing and electrical was done properly. Or if you're really off the track on this, uh, it could be required that it be demoed. Mm. So, but you're paying for square footage. Uh, so that's where you need to really protect yourself and go way beyond aesthetics. What's really the best way to determine the value of a property? I guess it's part of, several of these things you've said, but I mean, you know, it's tempting just, Hey, I can just go out, look on Zillow or realtor.com and it'll tell yeah. me what it's worth, but you don't want to go just by that. Right. <laughs> well, they're telling you what it's worth based on comps comparables, yeah. right? What's being sold, same square footage, blah, blah, blah. All, all of that. You're trying to compare apples to apples, but part of value and is really location. The city that you're, considering purchasing into, uh, the services, uh, the vision of the city for growth. Um, you'd want to see, are people improving their properties or are uh, construction permits, um, additions, are they pretty stagnant in that? That tells a story of what's going on in that city. So that is an overview of potential future value of making that purchase. Then you want to look at the neighborhood itself and adjacent neighbors. Uh, have they improved their properties? Have they maintained their properties? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the story that is uh, being revealed to me that I have to make sure I don't overlook? 
So yeah, you're going absolutely. from the interior to looking at all the permits to looking at the big picture of the city. Why do you want to live there? What are the amenities? How far away are the services that I want? And then does that meet the criteria that I've established that is so important to me? Certainly, That's, number one is, can you afford it? Sure, absolutely. Right. I'm thinking, so the property that I'm selling is actually located in an area that is expected to be a big growth area. They're building near there a, a new minor league baseball stadium with commercial and residential property. And, mm -hmm. the, you know, people are excited about it and think that the, you know, it's going to enhance value and, you know, but somebody might not want to live next to a baseball stadium, you know, even if it does. So those are the kind of questions you want to ask too, right? I mean, you want to look at the impacts of different types of businesses and uses to where you want to live. If you're looking at it as your primary residence, sure. what, you, what you've described, it sounds like an ideal location for Airbnb property, which it could be a great investment but provided the city allows that. And it doesn't in my neighborhood or ah. the HOA doesn't. So I, it's a uh, single family homes and townhomes, but uh, there are some condos behind us that they do allow. So it kind of depends on type of property, what the city allows, HOA rules, combination of things, right? Absolutely. It's almost a, a city within a city, right? They have their own criteria. However, where you're, property that you're selling is located could be negatively impacted by the Airbnbs behind it yep. if you're right there. So uh, they would, whoever would purchase it would need to know do that. their homework and find out uh, what are the regulations? Are there hours of restrictions for people um, that are renting those Airbnbs? What should people be aware of if they're if what they're looking at is really an older home? Is there any kind of unique things or or or, or things that you really want to watch out for if if your home is uh you know not new construction or if it's been around a while? Yeah, and that's where looking at all the permits really is important to know your level of risk. So the big ticket items are uh, electrical, mechanical, and plumbing right? HVAC system, the roof system, the plumbing, the electrical, when has anything been done since the original construction? Does it meet the current standards uh, for those particular codes? Or is it something that you'd want to even upgrade? Uh, it really depends on the price point of the home that you're purchasing, its location, will you get a return on value for that upgrade that you may want to do, or you can negotiate, you know, this property um, has not been upgraded on these major components and your price point doesn't really reflect that. Now you could sell it to someone who's more naive, but right now I'm a ready and willing buyer and I'm coming in ready to go. So you could sell this property immediately, or I could walk away because uh, these factors, it's too high risk for me. However, I do understand, you know, it's value and you have a lovely home, but these are the facts. It seems like everything that we're going through here reminds me of a particular example from my own <laughs> home buying or selling experience. But the last home I sold in, uh, 
Arizona, literally the day of the inspection that the, the buyer's inspector was coming to inspect. That was a townhome the day before the HVAC system, which was getting older, died and was not repairable. And it was actually kind of at the beginning of COVID too. And oh. even if we could have repaired it, it's going to be, you know, like three months before we could have gotten the parts that would have been it. And of course they weren't going to move into a home in Arizona with no air conditioning. <laughs> so guess who had to replace that in order to close the deal. So yeah, yeah that's kind of a, an example of that. You talked about the paperwork we both did. There is a lot to read and review, and a lot of it can be in, you know, kind of legalese or not not the easiest um, language for your your average person who doesn't deal with that all the time, like me, <laughs> to understand. Anything to particularly look out for, or maybe to get advice on, or a second opinion, or when you think about the paperwork involved in the home buying process. Yeah, and that's where the importance of hiring the right realtor, uh, you'd want to look at that, uh, where they can sit next to you and help you go through that paperwork or ask their broker to meet with them that you know this is important. And in real estate, we know it's it's not just handling one transaction, but it's creating a client for life that they can refer you to their friends and family. Um, so it's really that level of service that is just so conducive to the success of a brokerage firm. So yes, you'd want to sit down with someone if you have your own attorney. Well, you know, attorney could be anywhere from 300 to $500 an hour, but Yes, sit down with your realtor and ask them to explain something that you don't understand. What you're trying to do is know the the consequences of saying yes to something or no to something, or is there something that I that we miss that I should be asking for a particular inspection in addition to what's been offered, uh, so that you can start to reassure yourself that. At least for a couple of years, you don't have to spend a lot of money in this property. Certainly yeah. they can't foresee everything that's going to break down. But, you know, you can get a, a home insurance policy at the time of sale. And that's good for a year. You could extend that. But even then, there are lots of restrictions on whether or not they're going to replace it with something new other than just servicing uh, whatever the issue is. Yeah, I think having the right uh, real estate agent can make a huge difference. I, I had a, a guy I worked with on three different um, purchases or sales just because I felt so confident in the kind of input and advice and feedback that he was giving that was really helpful. And if you find someone like that, um, that can be a, a great help. But I believe I read somewhere in, in one of your tips or maybe on your website that you don't want to just rely on your realtor completely for the due diligence, right? It, it's your home, right? True. Uh, then you're not learning anything. You're relying on the opinion of someone else. That's just like asking someone who doesn't own real estate or is an investor, you know, what do you think of this home? Should I move forward? What are you doing? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you've, you've not learned a thing. What you want to do is collaborate with your realtor. That's why I would suggest a realtor go with you to City Hall once you learn this due diligence process, because they're going to learn as well. 
and that is really the importance you want to gain knowledge so that you can make better informed decisions and have that confidence because it goes way beyond you. That's just the purchase price, right? Sure. Once you purchase something, now we go into ownership. And everything that comes along with that, right? <laughs> Lots yeah. of stuff come al along with it. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the collaboration, you know, having a good um, collaborative relationship with your realtor is important because part of the process, usually, if not always, um, it's it's a negotiation, right? And sometimes a renegotiation yes. with uh, the buyer and seller, right? Based on the things that you learn in the due diligence, right? Any particular tips in, um, in how to negotiate effectively or things to avoid or what, what's been your experience in that area? Yeah. So when you go to City Hall, every, all the information that you're gathering, you want to get copies of permits if you can. Uh, you want to get staff cards uh, so that you could call them and ask them questions as follow up. Again, you're trying to save time and money. Your your time is valuable and you have that short window to conduct your due diligence unless both parties agree to extending that. So yes, it's important for you to have the facts so that your realtor is the one typically negotiating with the seller's uh, realtor. Uh, you're not really part of it, but the real, your realtor needs to represent you well. And you need to let that individual know what are what's negotiable and what's a non-negotiable item. And they need to inform the seller's agent that I am a good purchaser. I do have a clean deal on the property. I can close in the time period that's designated. And whether it's this property or another, but I am willing to move on this. If not, then I am not willing to take the risk based on the facts that I've disclosed here. And here are the copies. And this is why. So you have to have that strength to walk away if you need to. I'm hearing that the more you understand the process the more facts you can bring to that negotiation process, probably the more effective you're going to be Absolutely. versus just, you know, a gut feeling or, you know, that that's not going to bring you much leverage, right? Not in the negotiation part. The gut feeling certainly is valid and that you should do that in your due diligence. Sure. Right. You need to look at a property with eyes wide open and go beyond the aesthetics. And as simple as even walking in the interior of the home, this floor level, do you see any cracks? Uh, is it merely an aesthetic crack or is it a structural crack? Are you looking at the foundation? What do you see? Those things. Yes, the home inspector will do that, but you need to have that awareness as well. Another thing your your biography talks about um, that I read is the importance of getting involved in your community um, wherever you live after you purchase a home. Why do you think that's important? What's the value of that? Well, once you've done, you know, your due diligence and you've selected the city you want to live in, there's these amenities that you obviously liked about it. You liked where there was parks and you liked the location of transportation. But there are committees that make those decisions. 
for either future parks, signals where there's merely a stop sign. They start to regulate and have input on the growth of a city and the vision. And it's important that citizens get involved in that process because it's you've invested in this city. Yeah. You should um, have a voice in its future growth and the quality of life that you want to have. Uh, that's the importance to really feel that you it really is home, that that is part of where you live. You're contributing your expertise, whatever field that you are in. Uh, you have something of value to offer uh, the city at large. Very good advice. I totally agree with that. Well, Rosemary, I could talk to you about this all day. This is a really interesting topic to me. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, I've really enjoyed our conversation, but I probably need to wrap it up. And I always close out each episode with, with the same question. What is it that makes you feel most at home? Uh, to me, home, like I mentioned, is is sanctuary. That's where I regroup. That's where I can feel safe. That's where I can be creative. So to me, opening up a, a great bottle of wine, listening to jazz, looking at the photography of my travels, and creating those memories and, and planning future trips and coaching my clients. Uh, all those things are home to me to be able to plan future transformation for people and have them enjoy their lives. Well, that's a great answer. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing the tips and uh, insights that you shared today. I know the work you're doing is empowering and educating women and a, a lot of men, including me, um, <laughs> can benefit from um, what you're sharing as well. If you're interested in learning more about Rosemary's work and the due diligence like a pro framework that we talked about, um, check out her website at rosemarymedell.com. Her last name is M-E-D-E-L.com. While visiting the site, you can download her helpful and free home buying checklist and learn more about her work as a certified high performance coach, which she always also does as well. Um, I'll include links to her website in the show notes and on our podcast website, Home Where You Belong. Rosemary, thanks again so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. We want to help you continue experiencing that feeling of being at home wherever you are. So please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and visit our website at homewhereyoubelong.com. Want to join in on discussions, ask questions, or share feedback and ideas? Join our Facebook group, visit us on Instagram, or send an email to chip at homewhereyoubelong.com. We'll see you next time. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.